0: this wednesday almost 100 rabbis and jewish leaders were arrested on the floor of the rotunda of the senate office as they protested president trump's end of daca and the urgency to pass a clean dream act who were these extremely radical jews you might ask leading the group was our own rabbi jonah pesner from the religious action center of the reform movement and stash cutler from Ben the Ark, Jewish Action, Terah, Rabbis for Human Rights, the Anti-Defamation League, and then the senators who stopped by the protest included somebody you might know named Bernie Sanders, who posted footage on his Facebook page, Dick Durbin, and Patrick Leahy. The theme of the protest at the Senate was simple and brilliant. Let my people stay. Let my people stay. It was simple and brilliant because God always has a plan. God planned for the potential government shutdown to coincide perfectly with this week's Parsha. (laughs) Parshat Bo, the Exodus story, whose theme is, let my people go. You guys should say that. Let my people go. So you get it? Let my people go. Let my people stay. Okay. The term dreamers and DACA have been thrown around so liberally this past year I wanted to take a moment to clarify who we mean when we say dreamers and what we mean when we refer to DACA. And a lot of people think that dreamers is just the name that we give people who are dreaming to stay here, but it actually is the Development, Relief and Education for Alien Minors Act. The Development, Relief and Education for Alien Minors, the DREAM Act. Um, which was legislation that was introduced in 2001 as a bipartisan bill in the Senate to provide a means for undocumented immigrants who arrived in the U.S. as children to gain a pathway to permanent legal status, providing those individuals achieved certain milestones. And when I read all of the milestones for the Dreamers and for DACA, it turns out my own kids didn't even meet all of them. I won't tell you which ones, though. Um, <laughs> The Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program was announced on June 15th 2012 by the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Janet Napolitano, sorry, the program allowed certain young individuals who came to the United States to our country as children without documentation, who have overstayed their valid documentation an opportunity for work authorization and to defer their removal from the country for a period of two years. This has been haunting me because Five years ago, in May of 2013, I was invited to represent the Jewish community in a meeting of clergy and activists with Governor Jerry Brown. And it wasn't a rabbi or an activist who sat there and impacted me so much with their talk about the dreamers. It was a dreamer. It was a young woman who was attending junior college in Modesto whose name was Clarita. And when it was Clarita's time to speak, And believe me, she had never met with the governor before. She looked directly at him, and she told him her story. She told him that she and her sister were brought to California by their mom when they were three and five years old, from Mexico, to escape an abusive father. They had lived in California ever since while their mom worked, and they attended public school. Now she was in junior college. They had never once left Modesto, had never been on a plane, and could not obtain driver's licenses. And therefore, they lived in fear that they might be pulled over while driving and taken into custody by ICE, and one of them deported. She simply was pushing the governor to allow Dreamers not to stay here forever illegally, but the ones who were here to obtain driver's licenses. A driver's license. I sat at the governor's table, and more than anything else, I was struck by the idea of a driver's license. I thought to myself, what would I do if I needed to get one of my kids to the doctor and I had to drive them, and I was afraid it would result in me being deported. What if I got caught taking my kids to the doctor? To the doctor, not running a drug cartel, or not holding somebody up an ATM, or committing a violent crime, but driving my kids to the doctor. And what if I lived in a town like Modesto, and I could never leave for fear of being deported from a country where I had lived 20 of my 23 years? And for some reason, that symbol of the driver's license, to me, is more of an American symbol than apple pie. I mean, who doesn't remember getting their driver's license, right? Do you remember the year you got your driver's license? Yell out the year you got your driver's license. Okay, I mean, just think about what a big deal it was. I remember it so vividly. I remember that I have the Tiger by Survivor, and Abracadabra by the Steve Miller Band, and Jack and Diane by John Cougar Mellencamp were at the top of the billboard, that year because I finally got to be alone and listen to music in the really fancy car my Aunt Nancy loaned me a Toyota Corolla from 1981. It was new. So I thought, what an American thing. And today, to this day, kids can't wait to turn 16 for that freedom, that sense of freedom for getting their driver's license. In January of 2015, finally, Governor Brown helped AB60 pass and provided that California residents who couldn't establish legal presence in the United States could finally apply for a driver's license. So back to the Torah. What does the Torah tell us about DREAMers and DACA and about our responsibility as American citizens to uphold our democratic values? What does the Torah teach us this Shabbat, exactly one year since the Women's March in January of 2017? And I wanted just to take us to a moment in the Exodus story where the king of Egypt is speaking to the Hebrew midwives. The first one's name was Shifra, and the other one's name was Pua. And he said, when you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew woman, look upon the birth. If it's a son, you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, you shall let her live. And the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. And when the king of Egypt called them, he said to them, what have you done? Why are you saving the baby boys? Why are they still alive? The midwives said, well, it's the Hebrew women. They're not like the Egyptian women. They're totally lively. And so by the time we get there, they were out back working in the fields. And God dealt well with them and it came to pass that the midwives who feared God made them very prosperous. And so when the Pharaoh saw that the midwives would not obey, Pharaoh charged all of his people saying every son that's born you shall cast into the river and every daughter you shall let live. So what do we learn from this section of Exodus? We learn two things. Obviously, we need midwives because they're courageous, life-giving forces that back down to no one, not even a God. And we also know that when Pharaoh recognized that his solo attempt to destroy the Israelite people were to no avail, he charged all of his people. this. We're reminded this again in this week's portion of Bo, when we learn that it's not Pharaoh's heart alone that's hardened, but all the hearts of his servants in the court. It points out to the fact that one person cannot do evil alone, but that the complacency of an entire community is also directly responsible. It is easier to focus on the blame of one madman who's obsessed with his own deification and power, the Pharaoh I'm talking about, (laughs) rather than point the finger at everyone involved, everyone who is responsible, all of us. And so we must see that in Bo, when Pharaoh's heart is hardened over and over again, that it has to be a warning to us, a warning that if we allow our own hearts to be hardened and we don't take up the charge, if we become comfortable in our comforts, complacent in our privilege, it's possible for us to forget the mitzvah that comes, that originates in this portion and is repeated 39 times. Different times in the Torah. We're reminded to remember our slavery. Atem hayitem gerim be'eretz mitzrayim. We cannot forget that we were strangers in a strange land. We cannot forget our slavery when we encounter other people's rights being taken away from them. And finally, this verse from Bo that rings out to me every year. It says, V'nachnu lo neda man avod at Adonai ad bo'enu shama. And we shall not know with what we are to serve God with until we get there. We shall not know with what we are to serve God until we get there. Where? Where is the there that the Torah is pointing to? The there is wherever you are right now, wherever you're sitting. You might be sitting right here in the sanctuary with us. You might be listening to this 60 years from now at home after Shabbat on the web if it still exists. But there is there. It's a time to stand up. Parshad Bo is saying, go to Pharaoh, whatever that Pharaoh is. And as Jews, we cannot become complacent in the face of justice. We must dream together, and when our brothers and sisters are being deported, when human rights in our country are being eroded, we have to stand up, speak truth to power, and this time we're saying, let my people stay. Every single one of us in this room has a parent or a grandparent or a great-grandparent who was an immigrant in this country. Raise your hand if somebody in your family was an immigrant. If your ancestors showed up on the border today by land or sea, on a plane, by sky, do you think they would be allowed in? They would not be. I want you, after Shabbat, to go onto a website called entrydenied.org, and I want you to input the name of one of your family members who came to this country. And when people say, but my family came here legally, do you know what they meant? They mean my family got off a boat on Ellis Island and came here. The laws were not that way then. But if you just take the name of one of your ancestors who came here and you put it into the entrydenied.org, you'll find out how likely it was. Um, My grandmother had a 1.2% chance of getting into this country from Russia. This week we have two opportunities to bring Shifra and Pua to life. One is tomorrow if you're free at noon for the Women's March, whose theme is appropriately, first we marched, now we run. Not run, right, you guys got it? 2018, now we run, for office. Later this week, Friday at noon, there's going to be a Bay Area action at the Federal Building in San Francisco to show a united Jewish voice in support of the Dreamers and of their human rights. And so we wanna ask you to meet tomorrow, if you'd like, at noon at the corner of Polk and Grove in front of the Civic Center, Um, in front of uh, City Hall, and I am going to, tonight, dig out my pink hat again, which I didn't think I'd be wearing, um, and I know I have a pink yarmulke somewhere. Um, So look for the pink yarmulke and the pink hat, and join us tomorrow or join us on Friday as we create an action of unity uh, and we bring to life Shifra and Pua. Shabbat shalom.